Good evening, everyone, and welcome to today's focus for Thursday, November the 24th, 2022, at 8.22 p.m. Central Time. Today's focus? Well, before I tell you what today's focus is, I need to explain something because in reality, this today's focus is going to be very different than the others. This is going to be a special episode of the Today's Focus podcast series because everything is going to be a little bit different. Let me explain. The goal of the Today's Focus podcast series is to hand you something at the beginning of the day that you can grab onto and that you can focus on throughout the day. You may be busy. There may be distractions. You may not have time to do an in-depth Bible study. You may not have time for a full sermon. But if I can give you something in about 15 minutes to say, here you go. Think about this today. Meditate on this today. Consider this. Contemplate this particular theological idea, scripture, whatever it may be. That is really the focus, right? Well, see, (laughs) the focus is to give you something to focus on for your entire day. That is what the Today's Focus podcast series is designed for. But obviously something is different here because it is, what, 8.24 p.m. Central Time. So obviously if I say here's today's focus, well, your day is almost over. Now, if I was doing this at around midnight, then I would be giving you the Today's Focus well, for that brand new day. But we're still hours away from midnight, so it, it doesn't fit there. So what am I trying to do? What, what, what really is today's focus? Well, in a roundabout way, if you think about it, typically the Today's Focus podcast episodes are usually short, around 15 minutes. I try to start them in the morning. I try. I don't always start them early enough, but I, I, I try. Uh, my, my goal is to always start earlier than I do, but that's life, okay? But it's to say, here you go. Here is what you can focus on for the rest of the day. So in a sense, it's forward looking, right? Hey, your day is starting throughout the day. As you move through the day, afternoon, evening, night, here's what I want you to focus on. It is forward looking. Well, tonight, it is not forward looking. We're going to, in a sense, focus on looking back. And we're not going to look back very far. We're going to look back, well, to this Thursday, November the 24th, because here in the United States of America, it is Thanksgiving. And I don't know where you live, don't know what country you may be in or what time zone, but here in West Texas, right here behind me is a window. And if I look through that window, well, the sun has set a long time ago, it is pitch black out. It is dark. In fact, uh, because it's cloudy and rainy here in West Texas, uh, there's not even, there's no stars, there's no moonlight. It is just completely dark outside. Darkness is there. And that darkness tells me that in a roundabout way, Thanksgiving 2022 has basically come to an end. Before we know it, it's going to be midnight and Thanksgiving is now will be in the past. It will be history. And then people can look forward to the next holiday and then the next holiday and the next holiday. And then sometime next year, we'll turn right back around to Thanksgiving. 
Now, that may not mean anything to you, may not even be significant to you, may not have any emotional impact on you in any way, shape, or form. But it has a profound impact on me, and it has for a good portion of my life. Let me try to explain, all right? So today's focus, we're going to look back at Thanksgiving 2022, and hopefully this will all make sense, hopefully, all right? This is one of the, the, the good things and the bad things about having a podcast studio in your home, okay? Because I can just walk upstairs and, well, turn on the microphone. And so since I'm dealing with this in my own mind, well, then you're, go- you're going to hear about it because I'm not very good at just, you know, opening the door to the studio, closing it behind me, walking up the stairs, and then sitting there and just, you know, saying what I'm supposed to say, putting on a performance. I, 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 I tend to just turn on the microphone and be very real with you. So I'm going to be very real here. I'm going to be very real. I have a confession to make. Whenever the sun goes down on a holiday, don't care if it's Christmas, don't care if it's Thanksgiving, I don't care the holiday. When the sun sets on that holiday, a serious depression, a serious discouragement, a, a, a sense of being just despondent, really just it, just, it just hits me. It's like, okay, whatever is going on during that day, that, that holiday day, whatever it is, in, in this particular case, Thanksgiving, whatever the day is, whether it's a good one, whether it's a bad one, or whether it's a happy one, whether it's a sad one, it doesn't really matter what happens during that holiday. When the sun goes down, it literally feels like to me, this is to me, I'm just speaking for me. Like someone punches me right in the gut. Like someone knocks, knocks my block off. It just hits me as hard as you can imagine. And, it, and, and that, that it's a feeling of just like, why? What does it all mean? Who really cares? Why? 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 And it's just, it's just I, I'm always discouraged and, and disillusioned and, and just, I, I it, it hits me hard. And I can't, I, I, I think I understand it. But I was downstairs and uh, all of a sudden, you know, I, I felt like it's getting darker in the house, getting darker in the house. I started walking around the house and I, well, on the, on the rooms where there was no lights on, well, it, it got dark and I opened the front door and stepped out and I was like, wow, it's dark, cloudy, rainy. Thanksgiving 2022, it's over. And as soon, about, about the second I said that, about the second I thought that, about the second that hit me, boom. The next thing you know, the feeling was right there. The feeling was right there. And I'm like, man, I hate this feeling. I hate this feeling. So what do I do? Well, first, whenever you have a feeling, you've got to acknowledge it and deal with it. And I thought, you know what? I'll just walk upstairs, turn on the microphone and deal with it. Well, with everyone else, because maybe, 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 maybe the majority of you, this you don't care about this. It doesn't bother you. But I think there's always some that the holidays, it may, for you, it may not even require the sun to go down. As soon as the sun comes up on the holiday, you may be hit with discouragement or depression or some kind of negative emotion. But for me, it's when the sun goes down. And, and I, I think there's a lot of reasons for it. One, it's just I have 
had some really, really bad experiences on certain holidays, some really, really bad. I mean, I mean just take Thanksgiving. I mean, it was a, a Thanksgiving when I was a teenager that I found myself not sitting at a table having turkey or sitting at home watching football. I was in a psychiatric hospital after trying to kill myself. Yeah, I was a teenager, and I won't go through that long, horrible story. So, so every Thanksgiving, I, that, that, I, that brings back serious memories of that particular time. I was there for eight weeks, inpatient. Yeah, it was a, it was a bad time um, in my life. I don't want to go back through all of that. So, 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 so my bad experiences on holidays makes it already um, that there's already like a, ugh, I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it, but... Once the sun goes down, it's just that reality hits me. There's a second reason. So the first may be because of my past experience. A second one, and this one is really hard to explain. It's probably still connected to the first one, but it, it becomes almost a separate memory, right? I've got the bad times. This would not necessarily be a bad time, but it's just because of the circumstances that made those bad times more prominent. So it almost becomes a separate memory in my mind. When I was, I, I worked in the medical world 22 years, and I was in, in the military. Well, when you work in the medical world, you know that, well, you, you, <laughs> that means you're, there's a very good possibility, depending on where you work. If you work in a ho- hospital, let me say it this way. If you work in a hospital, there's a high probability that you're going to work on a Thanksgiving, a Christmas, or whatever. And I have many mem- memories. When I was in the military, I did a job called NCOD, Non-Commissioned Officer of the Day. And I was, well, I was in charge of all kinds of things for the hospital, all kinds of things. I had so many responsibilities. And uh, so you're in a hospital, a holiday, and I worked at night. So six o'clock at night to six in the morning. So you're there on a holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas, whatever holiday it may be. And of course, the sun goes down because, you know, it's, 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 it's dark and a good portion of the hospital obviously is empty and closed other than the inpatient wards where there's patients or the emergency room, et cetera, et cetera. Certain locations, there's patients, but for the most part, the hospital's empty. And one of my jobs was going around for security purposes, making sure doors were locked, nobody had access to patient uh, information, just doing basically security checks. So I'd be walking around the empty, dark hospital by myself. Well, it's a holiday, you're by yourself, walking around basically in an empty, dark hospital. And well, then all of the bad memories from your past holidays now hit you with this new, weird, lonely kind of situation, which then it almost becomes a separate memory. So you take my bad experiences with this, and it's just a, it just really, it just almost becomes a separate negative feeling. And so whenever it gets dark on a holiday, that same, that same feeling comes back like like walking around an empty hospital. So those two things really contribute to it. I know that may not make any sense to you, but it does to me. And then there's a third thing, and this is the one that I think is most relevant to the Theology Central podcast and, and most relevant for, for talking about this more from a biblical or theological perspective. The third one is because I have a serious problem. And that problem is I am obsessed, I am consumed, I am preoccupied, I'm ever aware of the passing of time, right? 
every, every second of every minute of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every month, of every year. I am so aware of it. And if you know anything about me, it, 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 it's a, it's really a negative thing. It really, really is because I, that's why I don't like to sleep because it's a waste of time. I don't even like to eat. It's a waste of time. I don't like to, everything to me is a waste of time because I'm very aware that, look, here here's my life. It's just like, you know, it's like sand in an hourglass, but more to me, it's like it's like taking your hand, you're at a beach, and you kneel down, you put your hand in the sand, and you lift it up, and it's just right through your fingers. It's just gone, right? And that, to me, is what life feels like. like. Whatever it is, it's just here, and it's going to be gone, and I'm very aware that it's going quickly, right? You're here, and it's gone. And so I don't want to waste one second of one minute of one hour of one day. Now, I may do things that you think is a waste of time, but at least I'm doing something that I want to do, that I enjoy doing, that I like. But when I'm doing something like, you know, sleeping, well, that, that to me, sleep is nothing more than practicing for death. So I, I don't have any, I have no desire to engage in that practice. I don't need any practice. I'll figure it out when it happens. So um, I'm very aware of it. So holidays, this, the reality of time passing seems to be more, more vivid, more, more real. And, 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 and the only way I can explain it is this. Think about it. Everyone knows when the holiday is coming, right? Where everyone is looking forward to it, right? Extra time off from work, family, food, football, what, what church, whatever, whatever it is about that holiday that is so important to you that you find great pleasure in. So everyone's looking forward to it. Then the planning begins. We're going to buy this. We're going to do this. We're going to invite this person over. We're going to do this. We got to get the. We got to get the house ready. Got to get the food ready. And, gonna, and so, so you've got the. You've got the looking forward to it, almost the anticipation. Then you've got the preparation. So if you've got the anticipation, then the preparation. Then you have the participation. You've got the anticipation, the preparation, and the participation. Now you participate in that day. So it's all this buildup, buildup, and then it's there, and then you're engaged in it, and then the sun goes down and it's over. And all of a sudden it hits you that like, okay, so we, we, we had all this anticipation, we had all of this pr- preparation, we, had all of the, we, we did all of this participation, and then it's just gone. What are you left with? What are you left with? A couple of selfies, maybe a TikTok video, maybe a lot of pictures. I mean, and so then to me, it's a vivid reminder. It was just another day on a calendar. It was just another 24 hours. That's all it was. And we, we place so much emotion or something to it. And then at, when the sun goes down, it's just over till next year. And so in many cases, all of that anticipation, all of that preparation, and all of that participation, it, it, I don't care what happens. It almost feels like somewhat of a letdown. Either it's a letdown, even if it's not a letdown, you think it was wonderful, there's still a letdown because it's over and that holiday doesn't come back around for another year. So it, it just seems to me that it's, it, you're left with, you're, you're left with what? I guess to me, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of, to me of James chapter four. James chapter four. James chapter 4, verse 14. James chapter 4, verse 14, where we read these words. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time 
and then vanishes away. It's there, and then it's just, whoop, it's gone. And I guess it's a vivid reminder of, of this to me. So I have my bad experience. I have my experience working in the medical world, walking around an empty hospital. But all of that makes me already kind of just discouraged and depressed when the sun goes down on a, on a holiday. But to me, when the sun goes down, I just sit back going, it's over. All of that anticipation and preparation and participation, and it's just, it's gone. For what? Oh, so that we can say, can't wait till next year? It's a reminder in a sense of another year has come and gone. It's a reminder of another day has come and gone. It's a remi- It's just a reminder that that it's just here, right? Because you have a tendency to remember those past hall. Like you may not remember every day of your life, but certain holidays you remember because they're connected to an event or or this this happened or this happened or this happened or this happened. So to me, it's just another reminder of the passing of time. That is just there, and you're just like, wait, 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 grab, grab onto, grab onto. Oh man, it's gone. 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 It's just gone. And no matter, and especially from a spiritual standpoint, maybe from a biblical perspective, this it 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 it, it has even a, a bigger impact on me because I don't know about you. I don't know about you. Certain, oh, especially when you get to like Thanksgiving. And you get to if you if you do anything with Advent and then Christmas, and then say maybe New Year's Eve. If you look at those days more from like a biblical perspective, and you really want to get something great out of these times, spiritually speaking, like Thanksgiving, it's a day of giving God thanks. And 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 if you really want to get something spiritual out of it, and then Advent, and then Christmas, and then New Year's, you really really want to commit yourself to a New Year spiritually. To me, no matter how much you try to make the day spiritual, even if you try to do that, when you get to the end of the day, it always seems to be a letdown. And you're like, what did I really accomplish? So that just adds more of a frustration to me. It's a reminder of time is passing. It's a, it just it feels so frivolous and meaningless. And it's just to me, it's just a reminder that no matter how much we try to get the most out of those times, they don't ever seem to live up to what we envisioned or thought they would. And so they are just gone. Now, I know I've spent 18 minutes, and I know that today's focus is supposed to be 15 minutes. This is a special episode. I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't really care about the, the clock at this moment. So it's, it's, it's Thanksgiving night. It's now 8.41 p.m. And Thanksgiving 2022 has come and gone. For all practical purposes, it's over. So what can I do? Well, I obviously, I can sit here and look back and look back. I can look back at all the past horrible ones that happened. That's not of any value to me other than just making me depressed and discouraged. I could look back at uh, some of those feelings that I had when I wa- wandered around a hospital Back when I had that job at, you know, um, Thanksgiving nights or Christmas nights by myself and feeling that sense of just what 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 is life even all about? What is it? I could do that. I could look back at this Thanksgiving and, and whether and I don't know what you experienced today, whether it was good or whether it was bad or whether it was depressing, whether you were alone or whatever you felt. I could sit there and we could talk about those experiences. But you know what? It's gone. Right. Thanksgiving 2022. It's over. It's over. I mean. 
You can try to grab onto the last few hours of it, but for all practical purposes, it's over, it's done, and you wake up, and then tomorrow, and the next thing you know, we're gonna. What are we gonna do? The next holiday. But guess what? Before you know it, Christmas will be here, and Christmas will be gone. And next thing you know, New Year's Eve will be here, and it will be gone, and then it'll be 2023, and then we'll look for the holidays in 2023 just to go through the same. I hate to say this, but it feels like to me, vanity of vanity, meaningless, 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 meaningless. I guess holidays, for some people, make them extremely happy. They find great joy in it. Where I find utter depression and discouragement in them. I know, my way of thinking is never fits with the majority. So I was thinking, so what, what what can I do this evening? So today I, I've tried to do a few things, you know, listen a little, I, I've done, listen a little music, listen to some podcasts, watch a couple of things on television, not really anything meaningful. I haven't really done much because once again, I knew what was coming. I, it's like, I hate it. It's like, as soon as the day begins, I know when the sun goes down, it, it, it's going to happen. So here's what I decided to do. I opened up the curriculum that we use for the Bible study exercise. And I looked at the the curriculum for this particular time of year, this particular day. And the, the curriculum has a special focus study for this day, which is called Three Reasons for Giving Thanks. Three Reasons for Giving Thanks. And I thought that I would at least... I, on one hand, I'm looking back at some all of those things that we've discussed, all of the things we talked about, and the reality that time is is passing, and 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 there's a lot of bad times connected to that, right? A lot of bad, at least for me, a lot of bad. I mean, some seriously depressing Thanksgivings I've ex- encountered in my life, some seriously depressing ones. So I, today's focus, I could look back. And I, and I told you that what I try to do is look forward, but it's the end of the day. But so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to kind of look back, but I'm going to look back in order to focus on something that will hopefully move me forward. And I'm just doing this. Hopefully all of this will make, maybe all of this will serve as kind of an allegory and a picture of what I'm trying to do here, right? We've talked about my past and my struggles and my frustrations and my depressions and my discouragement and my way of thinking. And again, the today's focus is to look forward, but I've already acknowledged that we're looking back. So since we're looking back, now what do we do? Well, you can't just, once you look back, you can't live there. You can't go back, can't change it. I can't make any of the past ones better. I can't fix any of that. And you know what, to be honest, I can't change the way it impacts my emotions ultimately. I mean, I can try to, I can recognize it. I can acknowledge it, but the feeling is still going to be there. So what can I do? Well, I thought I would grab the curriculum I'm going to skip a lot of what this has to say here, and I'm just going to jump down to this. This is what the curriculum reads. I skipped a bunch of it, but I'm going to go down to to this paragraph that kind of introduces the, the study. Today, all right, November the 24th, 2022, Thanksgiving Day, today we will study a psalm that describes a time when God's people experienced a life or death crisis, how did God respond? How did the people respond? Would they grumble or would they be grateful? All right, well, we've looked back to some of the things I've gone through. Now, I could be grateful that I'm not 
in that time? Or I like how how should I approach it from a biblical perspective? So we're just going to use this time to look at Psalm 107. For those who have the curriculum or access to the curriculum, you can look it up this evening if you would like. You can look it up tomorrow and you could sp- spend some time with it. If you don't have access to the curriculum, well, and you would like it, email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, and I'll send you a link. We use this for the Bible study exercise podcast series, uh, but we're we're just going to use this. I could I could have made this a, a, a Bible study exercise special episode, but it just fit to me the today's focus, because this has been my focus for the day. I've been thinking this through all day, struggling with this all day. So I've looked back. I've acknowledged the present. Now, what do we do? Will we take God's word? We can still look back. We can still acknowledge the present, but hopefully to help us move forward. So let's start with Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3. Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Now, let me stop right here. Whenever we go to the Psalms, there's a, just a, a never-ending, a never-ending hermeneutical question that gets overlooked over, over and over and over again. Many of these psalms, obviously, they're, 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 they're basically hymns, songs of praise, that which was to be sung to God, poetry, they're Hebrew poetry. And they capture emotion, but they are very, always very much connected to a historical context, a historical setting. Sometimes, we are given that information and we know exactly the, the historical setting. Sometimes we may not be given the specifics, but here's what we have the tendency to do. What we have a tendency to do is, even if we know the historical setting, is we kind of just, we pay homage to it. We, we give lip service to it. And then almost instantaneously, we just grab on and make it about us. And many of the promises or ideas, we act like that they are for us. And in many cases, I think that's horrible uh, hermeneutic because we're claiming promises that are probably not for us, not going to come true in the way that we are reading it. And it leads people to more discouragement. But at least there is a principle here of giving thanks. Of giving thanks. And we, we'll just see what the curriculum does with it, and then I'll build my own thinking from this, all right? So here we go. So Psalm 107, verses 1 through 3, let's read it again. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gather them out of the lands from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. The curriculum immediately begins, key words. Now, you would think possibly the key word would be, or, or one of the key words would be, give thanks, but they don't make that a key word because I think the, the idea, the, the 
assumption here is that we all know what it means to give thanks, right? We are giving thanksgiving. We are thanking God for something. Give thanks unto the Lord. So what are we, that this is a psalm, a psalm of praise or a hymn. Uh, it, it's Hebrew poetry about giving thanks unto God. All right. So far, so good. It's, but to me, and the first thing is, for he is good. Now, they skip, well, they, 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 they kind of skip this. They go for the word mercy, all right? Um, I, I want, I, I, I'm going to do that. I want to focus on the good part. I want to focus on the good part. I want to focus on the good part. I'm going to make the first key word for he is good. And, and, and you'll see why, or at least I want to raise a possible question or a possible observation here. So let's do this. Let's open up the Blue Letter Bible app. Let's lo- open up the Blue Letter Bible app. Let's go to 107. And let's go to verse 1. Open up the interlinear. It says, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, and we're looking uh, in, the, uh, in the interlinear for the Hebrew, obviously. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. Now, the Hebrew word for good here is this. Strong's H, 2896. Tov. 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 All right. Now, the, uh, it is used 559 times. Tov is used 559 times. So it is used a lot of different ways, all right? So that may not make it super easy for us to know. No, well, put it this way. It means that we could probably add a lot here when it says, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good. This could encompass a lot of concepts. This could encompass a lot. Let's just go to the Strong's definition of Tov. And it is, uh, this is good, in the wildest sense, use likewise as a noun, both in the masculine and feminine, the singular and the plural, good or a good thing, a good man, a good woman, uh, the goods, goods, good thing, good men or uh, good woman, beautiful, best, bountiful, cheerful, at ease, fair, good, uh, goodlier, goodliest, goodly, goodness, graciously, joyful, kindly, kindness, Loving, mercy, pleasant, pleasure, precious, wealth, welfare, welfare. Um, it goes through and it goes through the outline of and um yeah, good, pleasant, agreeable, pleasant, good, excellent. It it, it just it, it goes through a lot of different meanings, but it seems to me the focus is and see if this makes sense. And and you'll see why I, I want to stress this if I can. And again, the Hebrew word, we'll just listen to it one more time. The Hebrew word is, one more time, if I can get it to play. Strong's H, 2896. Tov. Tov. All right. Tov. When, when I look at it, I would, I would, yeah. I don't know if I would, I'd, I probably would not have, I would, if I would say it incorrectly. So, Tov, all right. When I'm, okay, there's a whole reason because I've heard it said a different way. I've heard it said a completely different way. And whenever I hear it pronounced in a way completely different than another way, I'm always like, well, then who was right? Who was right? 
but we're going to go with Tov, okay, because the Blue Letter Bible app says it, so we're going to say the Blue Letter Bible app is infallible, okay, it's Tov, all right, but here, I want you to just stay with me here, all right, see if this makes sense, and and, and this is all of that long introduction, you'll see why I want to do this, I don't know, I'm going to throw, I'm going to call this a hypothesis, just a, just a theory. I'm not, I'm not going to be dogmatic about it. Is it possible that in Psalm 107.3, we where we are called, and I'm going to read it directly from my Bible here, where we are in a sense called, well, should I read it this way? Where the, where the psalmist, in a sense, calls God's people, to give thanks unto the Lord. And the first reason is because he is good. He is good. Is it possible that the emphasis here is not so much on the good things he does for me, not his good actions, not his good works, but that he in himself is good. There, He is good. He is without moral corruption, he, he is right. He is holy. I know the word doesn't necessarily go in that direction, but it but it's used numerous times to refer to a good man or a good woman, a good man. And that seems to be going more with their character. The character is one of good. Now, you, I know you could argue, well, how do you see the goodness? You see the goodness in their action. But I, 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 I just, there's a part of me that wants to say, we should praise the Lord. We should give thanks to the Lord because he is good. Because if we can understand giving thanks to God based off who he is, based off his character, that can be absolutely instrumental in helping us deal with very difficult circumstances and, and very frustrating circumstances or, or, or times where we are depressed or discouraged. And here's the reason why. If we are giving thanks to God for he is good and we define that as his action, well, then then we could get very upset. Well, wait a minute. I'm, God, you're good and you do good things. But look at what this happened in my life and this happened in my life and this happened in my life and this happened. Where was your goodness there? But if the goodness specifically focuses on he is good in his character it's, and it's not even focused on action, then we can always say, Lord, I'm giving thanks because you are good. I'm giving thanks that you are a good God, not an evil God. I'm giving thanks that you are good in your character. I don't know if that completely works, but there's a part of me that really longs for it to work because, because a lot of times people can be like, well, wait a minute, you're, you're going to give God thanks for the good things he does. Well, what about the bad things he does? Right. I'll give you an example. There was a, a mass shooting that just happened at Walmart. Was it what a night ago, two nights ago? Horrible situation. And they were interviewing one of the women who uh, escaped, escaped from it. She did not die. And she looked at the reporter and she's like, oh, I am just so thankful to God. I'm so thankful to God that I, that my, that I, I survived. I was so thankful to God that, you know, the bullet went by me and, and missed me. I'm so thankful to God. And she was so thankful, 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 thankful in a sense for God's goodness, but goodness in the sense that spared her. But I'm, but I was sitting there thinking, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. So, so you're thinking God that you got out of that situation, but what about the people who didn't? 
what about them? They died. Like, like when, when I hear someone says that, I'm like, so, so you're thinking God is it's like, it's like, here's you're you're standing next to the family who just found out that their loved one's dead. Right. So, so like two people are standing there, right. And they're being uh, interviewed by the news. Right. And, and I'm not saying this is exactly the way it went down, but that the microphones in the face of the family, we're like, we're so, we, we lost our father. We lost our son. We lost our daughter. We lost a brother, whomever it is. And they're weeping and they're crying. And, you know, he was a good person, a good father, what, you know, all the typical things and they're broken and they're devastated. They're destroyed. And they're asking, why did this hap- happen? How could this happen? We don't know. We don't understand it. And then the reporter goes right to the next person and like, I am so thankful to God. I am so thankful that God protected me or that God got me out of this situation or God spared me or, and, and, and we'll say that. And you're sitting there when you're listening to it going, but, 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 but the other people, what about what, why didn't God spare them? What, what? Where, where, where was God? But if, 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 Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. If the goodness there is just referring to his character, almost as an attribute, not necessarily we're focusing on good actions, but just on his goodness. Well, then I can give thanks to God because God is God and he is good. Whether the actions, I think the circumstances I encounter are good or bad. It's like, I'm not giving thanks to God for what he does for me. I'm giving thanks to God because, well, God is good. I'm not saying it works because I think the goodness implies, obviously, action. So, well, so if it does imply action, that, that leads to a different question and a different, a different solution. But there's a part of me that wants to just say, we give God thanks for who he is, irregardless of the action or circumstance in which we face, Right. And, and a little bit of, we see a little bit of this in Job, right? God giveth, God taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord kind of situation. Whether God is giving me or God is taking from me. Whether there's health and wealth and prosperity, or whether there's poverty, disease, and brokenness, and death, God be praised. Why? Because God is worthy of praise because he is good in his character, in his attribute. Now, I know that sounds like insane to people from the worldly perspective. Like, no, 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 no. I'm not thanking God if bad things happen because he's not worthy to be thanked. Or they would say, well, wait a minute. How is he good if bad things happen? And I understand that those are deep philosophical questions that nobody has simple answers to. Christians always think they have simple answers to. They're, they're never simple. They're never easy. And they usually are, most of the time, their simple answers are very unbiblical and don't take into account all of the, uh, the information. But I think, it, I think it's something to at least consider. The curriculum doesn't really go there. They don't, they don't focus on the good. They go right for mercy, right for mercy, not good, but I, I just want to at least throw that concept out there. Uh, the Hebrew word tov, there's, it, it can be used for so many things. So for any, I could pick out specific things and go, I think it's his character. I think it's just, it's not dealing about with his actions, but then someone would say, well, wouldn't good character lead to good action? And you can, you can make, you can make that argument. So I can't be dogmatic about it, but I think there is at least a sense where our praise or thanks to God is based on who he is before it is based on an action. But let, let's see 
where the curriculum goes. Their keyword, they, they, focus, they don't focus on good. They focus on this. Psalm 107, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good for his mercy. They focus on mercy because it says his mercy endures forever. This is what they say. They define mercy here as goodness, kindness, faithfulness, favor, and loving kindness. So that's very much like the for the Lord is good. But let's look it up in uh, the Blue Letter Bible app in the Hebrew Concordance. And let's see what they have to say in regards to mercy. See what they have to say for mercy. All right. The Lord is good forever. His mercy, it's definitely a different Hebrew word. Strong's age, 2617. Chesed. 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 Tov. And if I said Greek at any point, I apologize. Obviously, we're in Psalms, so obviously it's Hebrew. Like uh, Hesed, um, it's used 248 times. It's 149 mercy, kindness 40, loving kindness 30, goodness 12 times, kindly five times, merciful four times, favor three times, good one time, goodliness one time, pity one time, reproach one time, wicked thing. Strong's definition of Hesed, 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 if I can say it correctly, kindness by implication towards God. So there's the kindness part. Uh, uh, it says, um, reproof, beauty, favor, good deeds, kind, loving, kindness, merciful, kindness, mercy, pity, reproach, wicked thing. I mean, I, I, there's, there's a bunch, uh, it's a lot, a lot of different ways. The outline of biblical usage just means goodness, kindness, and faithfulness, goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. Now he is good and and in mercy, they almost want to say his goodness. You can say kindness and faithfulness. But I think the mercy here, the good is just, I think, his character. I think the mercy is where the good character demonstrates itself. And it, and I think we would have to say this, especially if we, it, it, the, the, the Hebrew word doesn't really scream this out. But if we truly think about the term mercy, this would really, the way we would look at it more from a theological perspective, God is good and that good attribute, that good character is demonstrated in mercy. And mercy is where he gives goodness and kindness and faithfulness instead of judgment and condemnation. Mercy is, is, is not giving us what we deserve. Grace is giving us what we don't deserve. Mercy is withholding from us what we do deserve is typically the distinction we make. Grace, he gives me what I don't deserve. Mercy, he withholds what I do deserve, which is judgment. So instead of judgment, instead of condemnation, he gives me goodness, kindness, and faithfulness. That's typically the distinction. I don't know if the Hebrew words would, if the Hebrew word here would really give me that distinction, but it's, he, he's good, and he's mercy and he, and his mercy endures forever. So I think the good is his attribute, his character, and the mercy is it in action. But he shows his mercy to those. So instead of giving judgment, there is goodness, there is kindness, and there is faithfulness. Or he his goodness, faithfulness, and kindness is shown by withholding the judgment that we so rightly deserve. And he does this not because we are good, but because of his mercy, his good character, his grace, and well, because of what Christ did for us. All right, let's see what the, the curriculum does here. 
know I keep saying we're going to go to the curriculum. We keep leaving it. They say mercy, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, favor, and loving kindness. It implies benevolence, zeal, grace, and piety, or I'm sorry, Good, okay, mercy, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, favor, and loving kindness. It implies benevolence, zeal, grace, and pity toward another. The Hebrew word hesed is perhaps the richest word of the Old Testament used for describing God's disposition towards humanity. Now, I, I, I don't, okay, we can get to a big theological argument. I don't know if we can say all of humanity, because if he was, if, I mean, that mercy is shown towards those he saves, right? Right, but okay. The redeemed, and then the next keyword. so let's go back and look at this. Psalm 107. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Then it says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, the redeemed is that this is how they describe it, to act or to do the work as a kinsman, to avenge, to revenge or ransom, to purchase from slavery and land, to buy back. We are the redeemed. We have been those who have been ransomed, those those who has been, who have been purchased, those who have been purchased from slavery, those of us who have been, in a sense, bought back, using the word. We have been redeemed. We have been, from our horrible condition, because God is good, he's merciful, so instead of giving me judgment, he has redeemed me, he has redeemed me. Now, if we look at it from that perspective, right, if we look at it, if we can leave it there in the realm of the spiritual, then it's easy to say we can give thanks to God, and irregardless to our circumstances, because we're, we're giving thanks to him for his character, that, re- that, in a sense, manifests itself in mercy by withholding from me what I deserve, which is judgment, and instead giving me goodness and kindness and faithfulness. And he has redeemed me. And so because I have been redeemed, I should say so. I should give thanks unto the Lord. The psalm, though, is going to carry it beyond just that spiritual ramification, which can raise some serious questions. But let's read now the whole the two verses together. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Now, here it's being used in a much more tangible earthly way where this is a being redeemed from an actual physical enemy. If we leave it in the realm of the spiritual, right, then we can, we can understand, we we can, we, then, then this makes it easy for us to say, we give thanks to God for these spiritual things, which we, uh, anyone who is saved has encountered, right? We, we give thanks. We know God is good. We, we've experienced his mercy and we are the redeemed. We have been delivered, in a sense, from the enemy, from death, from from judgment, from Satan. We have been redeemed from that. Now, the, the thing is, though, the psalm goes beyond the spiritual and makes it more physical, where then we can have some serious questions. Let, let's see what they do with this, right? Because they speak so deeply to our hearts on a personal level, 
We sometimes may overlook the fact that the Psalms were the songbook of ancient Israel. We can forget that centuries ago, a music leader either sang these words himself, led a choir to sing them, or stood before an entire congregation and led the people to lift their voices and worship to God. Using these very words, the hymn was likely sung at one of the Jewish festivals in the Jerusalem temple. Psalm 107 begins with a call to express gratitude to God. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. In Hebrew, uh, the verb translated give is plural and, and an imperative. Thus, the opening phrase was a collective call for all of God's people to give the Lord thanks as they worshiped him. Other Psalms, uh, other Psalms issue the same call for a gratitude. The exact same words, oh, give thanks unto the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever, uh, began Psalms 106, 107, 118, and 136. Our, although our focus is on Psalm 107, the psalmist's repetition is a reminder of how important it is to give thanks to God. The words of Psalm 107 give evidence of a joyful heart. They ring with authenticity of a testimony that comes from someone who has lived through what the psalm describes. Like three concentric circles moving outward, the psalm's opening phrase expands to reveal the reasons we are to be thankful. The center circle speaks to the very core of God's character and being, for he is good. All right, see, this is what I was trying to establish, all right? So there's like the three concentric circles, and the first one and the middle one is we, we, worship, we thank God because of who he is. He is good. All right, that is... That is, we, we, can, we can agree with that. He is holy, he is pure, he is righteous, he is not corrupted in any way, shape, or form. And again, I think this is very, very, very important. You'll see why in a minute, all right? He is good. Now, th now that means I'm giving thanks to him for his character. That's irregardless of circumstances, irregardless of anything I've encountered, any, irregardless of whether good things happen or bad things happen. That means if I'm the one standing outside a, 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 a shooting and it's my family members inside who are dead, I can still give thanks to God because he is good. Now, I know that sounds crazy because we're like, well, if he's good, why would that happen? That's a whole different philosophical question, but at least, and we will at least try to address it because I don't think we're going to have a good answer, but at least this would say theologically, my, my, I'm not giving thanks for what happened. I'm not giving thanks, and I'm not, I don't even understand why it happened. But I know that he is still good and pure and holy. That is hard to say, but the center circle seems to focus on just his character. All right, so let's try to understand that. And if you want to draw this out on paper, maybe it will be helpful to you. Three concentric circles, all right, moving outward. The Psalms opening phrases expand to reveal the reasons we are to be thankful. The center circle speaks to the very core of God's character and being, for he is good. This reflects one of God's divine attributes, his goodness. The conjunction for can be read as an exclamation. Indeed, he is good. All right. Many of us affirm his good goodness 
uh, in the mealtime blessing, we, as we said as children, God is great, God is good, let us thank him for our food. The fact that God is consistently good would have been a unique thought among ancient Near Eastern religions. The false gods that their adherents worshipped were fickle, good at times, bad at other times. These so-called gods were often cruel and vindictive. The fact that the Israelites' God is good set him apart from the false deities, gods, and idols that other people worship. Now, I... Before we move on there, I think the reason that possibly happens is because they judged the, the character of their God by what was hap- by the circumstances they saw. See, their God was good sometimes, but when there was a famine, drought, or either God was angry or he just wasn't good. Well, the, the, the biblical theology is here's God's attributes and character, and we don't judge We don't determine God's character or attributes based on circumstances. Circumstances don't change who God is. We have to see the circumstance in light of God. We don't see God in light of the circumstance, which is, which again is very difficult because I can look at the circumstance and say, well, why would God do this? And so then I call into question God. The, The more biblical approach is I look at the circumstance and say, God is still good. That circumstance does not change who God is. He's still holy. He's still right. That, that's, that's, this is the center circle in this, these three concentric circles. This, the, this brings us to our second circle. Out of his goodness flows his mercy. Other translations render mercy as faithful love, grace, steadfast love, or loving kindness. No one English word encompasses all the aspects of the Hebrew term. One writer said the word conveys the idea of the intentional kindness and generosity or loyalty of a supervisor to an inferior, especially when it is undeserved. Like goodness, mercy is an inherent trait of God's character. The Lord reveals this to Moses at Mount Sinai, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, Exodus 34, 6 through 7. God's anger may last but a moment. His mercy endures forever. So he's good. There's the goodness. There's the goodness. That's his character. And we we don't judge that character based off circumstances. We We don't try to define God's character based off circumstances. God's character is fixed and set. We view the circumstances in light of that character. And, and, and I know that sometimes is maddening and hard to wrap your mind around. I, I don't have any good answers. I just know that biblically, I'm not to look at the circumstances. We'll say, well, God is not good. No, God is still good. That's who he is. But he is merciful. Now, this can be another situation where it could be difficult, right? Because if I look at certain circumstances, like, well, how did God show mercy? He didn't show me mercy. Look what happened to my life. Look what happened to my family member. Look, I look at why I've got this disease. Look at all these things. Well, God is giving me these things. Right? So where is his mercy? But remember, ultimately, he is good and his mercy, this is very important, is seen first and foremost. This is where we have to just get this down. His mercy is seen in the fact that, well, we're not in hell, and he sent his son to die for us to give us what we do not deserve, which is salvation. So no matter what happens in our circumstance, his good he's good because that's who he is, and his mercy endures forever. 
because he sent Jesus Christ for those of us who don't deserve it. All right, does that make sense? I'm dropping my pencil, but okay. And this comes to the third circle. The psalm then comes to the outer of the three concentric circles. How God has expressed his goodness and his faithfulness. He has redeemed his children. To redeem is to purchase, to buy back, reclaim, or deliver from danger. The image always involves people who are in a situation in which they cannot free themselves. More than once, God redeemed and rescued his people from the power of the enemy. And what foes they were. The Israelites had been held captive by, uh, by most powerful people of the day, the Egyptians and later the Babylonians. Yet regardless of the strength of the nation that held God's people, God proved himself able to deliver them. So, the three circles. God's goodness, his mercy, and him redeeming us. Those are the three circles. And those gives us three reasons. Three reasons to give God thanks. Now, if we stop right there, we should all be able to say amen. But here comes the trouble. Let's continue reading some of the rest of, or at least down to verse 7 right? Verse, the end of verse two, he redeemed from the hands of the enemy. He gathered them out of the lands from their east, uh, from the east, from the west, and from the north, and from the south. Now, immediately, this is direct relate, this, this speaks directly to Israel. God, this is not allegorical, figurative. This is literal. He literally redeemed, he literally delivered Israel from the hands of their enemy at numerous times from the Egyptians and from the Babylonians. He, he gathered them, he pulled them back. He restored them. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hunger, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered, delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way that they may not go into a city of habitation. Now, here are specific things that he has done. Specific. Now, first and foremost, let's make sure we realize that that is reciting what God did for Israel. It's reciting a historical fact. It's reciting a historical fact. And the problem is preachers for way too long grabs those that, that historical fact and we take that and then so we sometimes make it all sound like that God will do the same for us. That whenever this is happening to us or this is happening to us, God will provide, God will deliver, God will do this, God will do that. God will make sure we make this very clear. This is descriptive. It's not prescriptive. We may not be delivered from the enemy. We may not be delivered from the storm. We may not be delivered from the disease. We may not be delivered from the sickness. We may not be delivered. We may suffer. We may die. We, we, horrible things may happen. And so sometimes, because horrible things happen, not only not do they, I mean, they do happen, and, and it's just a matter of time in your life that you're going to experience, and depending on who you are, you have those experiences. I have my experiences looking back in my own life of horrible things that happened. 
And therefore, I could look back and go, well, then where was God's goodness? Where was his mercy? Where was his redemption? So there's, there's a tendency for us to want to look at this and go, well, then God's going to do this for us. But it, we, there's no guarantee he's going to do this in a physical, material way in the sense of doing something in your life this way. This is reciting what he did for Israel, which was true and wonderful. But here's what we, could, we, we have to do theologically. We have to do this. Or your Christian life will just come crumbling in on itself when everything goes horribly wrong in your life. And, 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 and the miracle doesn't show up and the disease doesn't go away or the financial situation gets worse or whatever it is. It just, it just, it, it all comes cr- crumbling down in on you. Those three things, those three concentric circles remain true. They just don't remain true for us maybe in a, a physical way but they remain just as true in a spiritual way. He is good no matter what happens to us because that's his character, right? That's factual. His mercy endures forever because we are living. He's not giving us what we deserve. We should be in hell. He sent his son to die for us and to give us his, the imputed righteousness of his son by faith alone. We're saved not by works, but by an imputed righteousness. That mercy endures forever no matter what happens in my life. That mercy endures forever. If my house burns down tonight, if I die tonight, whatever happens to me, his mercy endures forever. And he did redeem me. Did not He may not redeem me from my, my the physical enemies, but he has redeemed me from my spiritual enemy. Now, I know some people would say that's a cop-out. Many in the world would be like, oh, wait, wait. So he did this for Israel, but he's not going to do the same for you but you're going to still be thankful that he did it for you spiritually, but you don't really see that spiritual deliverance. That it, it, you, you, I can understand the criticism because yes, I would like, it would be great for me to say, look, God is good. And because he's good, I mean, I, some preachers will say God is good. And people will say, you know, all the time and all the time God is good or however that little cliche that Christians will say. So I understand that, but sometimes people will say that to mean that then only good things are going to happen in your life, but we know that's not true. And so I can understand the criticism, well, if God is good, then why did this happen and 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 this happen? I even saw it today on a couple of uh, news articles. Someone was like, you know, it's Thanksgiving and I'm so thankful to God for this and 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 this. And then uh, a lot of people on the comments were like, oh, so you're thankful for a God who supposedly does all these good things. What about all the bad things? And then they were, they would list all of the, how many people died today from starvation and this happened and how many people have died in 2022 from mass shootings and, and from disease and from this and this and this. And, and then you're like, you know, well, that, yeah, there's no easy answer for that, is there? There's not. There, I mean, there's no way for me to appeal, appease that, that question because that's a legitimate question. And some people say, well, they just are, are Bible doubters. No, they're struggling with the reality that you're telling me how wonderful God is and look at the world. Theologically, though, God is good, God is merciful, and God is a redeemer, irregardless of what we suffer physically. His goodness is who he is. His mercy is demonstrated to us in Christ Jesus, in salvation, and he redeemed us. Yes, do I wish it would always work out the way it does in some of these Psalms when it describes what God did for Israel? Yes. 
A lot of times, I've, 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 look, I'll just be honest. There's times I've been upset or frustrated with God, not understanding what God is doing. And I would be reading one of the Psalms or praying one of the Psalms. I'm like, so wait a minute. So you could, you could feed them supernaturally with manna coming from heaven. You could part the Red Sea. You could do all of these wonderful miracles. You could lead them in the wilderness, bring them into the promised land. You could do this, 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 this all these absolutely astounding, legitimate, historical, actual miracles. You could do all of that. And all I need from you, Lord, right now, all I need from you right now is this much money or this to happen or, or this to occur or this, I just, I just, or, or, or just keep this from, ha- I just need these, like, like, you don't even have to do anything supernaturally, like, like sensational. It could be small little things that just like, okay, I'm just going to divert this person or I'm going to create a situation where that can't happen. Like little things. Nobody would even know. It's nothing like feeding people with food from heaven. It's not like parting the Red Sea. It's not like plagues. It's not like some of the stuff that is uh, talked about in the Psalms. It's not, it's not doing all of these things, you know, you know, um, um, you know, uh, basically uh, gathering all the the nation back from all of captivity and getting rid of their enemies and, and all of the different things. I was just going to start reading all of the things that he, he does for them here, but these, it doesn't require some big display. And it's like, these are small manageable things. And then guess what happens? The small manageable things don't happen. That don't happen. You can plead and 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 plead. And like, I don't need the parting of the Red Sea. I don't need manna from heaven. I just need you to help me with not commit this sin. I just need you to help me with this. I just need you to take away this um, physical problem or this disease or this. Like, it's always small things. But that help does not come. But we're still supposed to give thanks to the Lord. The only way we can rank those three concentric circles, his goodness is who he is no matter what happens. No matter what happens, he is good. I can't understand that. I can't explain that. Because in my mind, if he was good, these things would not happen. And it's a legitimate struggle that everyone should have. Mercy, I can understand his mercy because if the Bible's description of me is right, I deserve to be in hell anyway. So if I'm breathing, that's mercy. And, and on top of that, he sent his son and, and, and I have salvation in Christ. Okay, I got that. And, this, and, and, so, and then his re, re, redeemer and redeeming me. Okay, I understand that. So I can definitely understand these things from a spiritual perspective. So the focus is this. Are we honestly able to experience horrific circumstances? I mean, you whatever think right now of what would be the absolute worst circumstance you could encounter right now at this moment. Death of a child, terminal cancer, murder, kidnapping. You just think of the most worst circumstance that you can imagine. Just try to envision the worst circumstance that it becomes a reality in the next hour. Now, the, 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 that reality happens. Now, can you stand there 
in the face of that reality and say these words. Give thanks unto the Lord, or I give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeem of the Lord say so, whom hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Either we take these words and try to understand how these things are true spiritually, or we just say, that's just for Israel. Because look at what he did for him. And he doesn't, there's no guarantee he will do that for me or for you. Because in most cases, we don't, I, at least I, I can't speak for you. I don't, I, don't some, I don't need some grand miracle that that is life altering in a sense that everyone can see it. I don't need some sensational miracle. Let me say it that way. I could have these little small miracles and that would be sufficient and nobody would even have to know. But those don't happen. I'll just stop right there. Thanksgiving night, 2022 is over. If I look back in my life, I got some horrible experiences with Thanksgivings. Man, really messed up experiences. I can remember walking around an empty hospital contemplating these bad ones. And so whenever a holiday ends, I'm filled with depression and discouragement, frustration. Life is passing by, never lives up to the way I want it to. And I can be preoccupied with that and just let it go downward spiral. Or I can stop and go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm supposed to give thanks unto the Lord. But do I only give thanks when the circumstances go my way? Or is it possible that Psalm 107, even though it is a historical setting and it is for Israel in a very physical way, is it possible that I can be thankful that God is good no matter what happens? God's mercy has been shown to me spiritually no matter what happens in my life. And God has redeemed me no matter what he won't redeem me from or deliver me from in this life. He has redeemed me spiritually. And if that, and if I can, if I can say yes to those three things spiritually, is that sufficient and adequate for me, honestly, when everything else goes horribly wrong? Thank you for listening to a special episode of the Today's Focus podcast series that's typically 15 minutes long. This one has been one hour and nine minutes. Look forward to getting your thoughts on Psalm 107. You can email me at newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. And this has been today's focus for Thursday, November the 24th, 2022.